0: This week on the Sport Blokes.
1: This week, the Australians nearly get pantsed in the third test in Sydney. COVID chaos hits the NBA and the NBL. When could you play badminton against your own penis? And Nathan wraps up a very interesting first weekend of the NFL playoffs.
0: Let's do it. All right, Stewie, as we do at the top every week, what caught your attention and what'd you miss?
1: Well, a lot of things caught my attention this week. It was an absolutely massive week in sport, but one of the great things that I really loved to see was the Brooklyn Nets going all out with the retro stuff. So we spoke a few weeks ago about some of the updated jerseys, and I mentioned the ones that I loved, one of which was the New Jersey Nets going back to the early 1990s uniform, probably one of the only blue jerseys that actually worked. But I saw a game during the week where they not only wore the jersey, but they also committed to a court decal that made it look like the old Meadowlands court, which is one of my all-time favorite courts in the NBA. So I thought that was really cool. And then the other thing I also noticed was a sport in India called Ijupta, I believe it's pronounced, which is another word for cockfight. But it's not what you think.
0: We've got a bit of that this week.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, we'll get to that. But this is actually an Indigenous sport played by the Lothar community. And the whole point of the game is basically a bunch of guys with their hands behind their backs, hopping on one leg, trying to shoulder charge each other out of a designated area. It's just another one of those really random sports that you see all around the world. I just thought, you know, what a cracker. Like, well, free
0: to play. It doesn't cost anything. Exactly. And in a place like India, you know. Yeah, if you've got a yeah.
1: de- decent patch of dirt and a solid shoulder, off you go.
0: I'd, I'd watch it for at least five minutes.
1: I may have. Yeah? You did? <laughs> yeah, How have? long? <laughs> about, about, about five to ten. Yeah, yeah.
0: But you didn't go any further. No, no, no. Yeah.
1: No, I didn't do what I did with the kabaddi but... How
0: about yourself? Well, mate, as you've alluded to in the intro, there's a lot of source this week, and there's been a lot of source in the in the news. A lot, a lot caught my attention, from Damien Hardwick's bonking a Tigers employee, which is causing chaos there at Richmond, to Tiger Woods' ex-lovers, who have been in the news talking about what he likes. And then there's Johnny Patton at Hawthorne sending unwanted Richard pics to uh, ladies. And me. <laughs> and just wait for Just Not creating. Oh, you said
1: unwanted, sorry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You got one too, did you, mate? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. But what caught my attention, Stewie, was Centre Australia's top play of 2020. Now, Centre Australia, look, it's always been a little bit second rate. I don't know if you remember the old Australian, pardon the interruption that they had for a little while there with I Sam Kekovich and that other I guy. Do. It was rough. And it used to piss me off every week because it meant that I got one less episode of Tony and Mike because they showed the Australian one instead of rather than showing both. Anyway. Their top play for the year 2020 was the Lakers winning the championship.
1: That's not a play.
0: No, it's not. And it was ridiculous.
1: And it's not Australian.
0: Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, and, you know, it, it was the whole world. So it was the world of sport. It okay. didn't have to be Australian. Okay, fair enough. But it was Australian sure. Sports Centre. And that, like, it's such a good segment. Quick, snappy little plays.
1: So you had to watch like sixty plus games, the <laughs> well, four, four, four rounds of the playoffs.
0: <laughs> and they didn't replay the entire season, but they'd already, you know, they'd already celebrated the Lakers championship earlier in the show. They didn't. They, oh. There's been so many good plays, you know, like uh, the Bam block. Yep. Uh, it was an Ananobi uh, against Boston. The game winner, yep. that, that crazy, crazy game winner. The hand. DeAndre Hopkins catch for Arizona yep. in the NFL. There's been so many good plays in the tennis. You know, there's been all sorts of things. So they really blew that, and that pissed me off. What would you miss, mate?
1: Well, I missed a good chunk of the morning session of day four of the India-Australia test, unfortunately. Wifey was at work, so I had the two little ones, and unfortunately that often means that the TV is stuck on crappy kids' YouTube. But, <laughs> yeah, I made up for it in the second and third sessions while they were both asleep, so uh, that yes. was uh, that was pretty good, yeah. What did oh, you miss? Good.
0: Well, I, I missed a decent amount of the cricket too because I stayed up to watch the Colts-Bills playoff game, which didn't finish till 5.30 in the morning, so... Yeah, I slept into a one. And then I saw a few balls and then we went off to see the Scorchers. There we go. So I didn't see a hell of a lot that day. Go. I saw cricket, but not a hell of a we, lot we, of it We, we did. Uh, anyway,
1: news up? Yeah, I'm I'm very nervous to bring this one up at the top, but it seems that a Premier League side that you like kind of went missing in Crawley overnight, but uh, police say no leads have turned up. Oh, oh mate, oh dear. Oh shoot. Sure. Yes, yeah, hard to watch a uh, an FA Cup shocker from Leeds United losing 3-0 to yeah. a fourth division side. Yeah. Not exactly something you'd want to say. West Bromwich Albion also lost to know. They went down 2-0 to third-tier Blackpool, but probably the biggest shock might have been Derby County from the championship. That's the league below the Premier League. They got knocked off 2-0 by Chorley FC, who sit middle of the pack in the sixth tier.
0: Yeah, wow.
1: National League North. Wow. I've never even heard of it before.
0: Yeah.
1: So, yeah, but that's the
0: beauty of these tournaments, isn't it?
1: It really is. I mean, like Derby were actually rocked by COVID a little bit. I think their coach and a few of their players... Very similar, actually, I think, to the the Cleveland Browns. Who we'll yeah, we'll get there. Yeah,
0: it's been a huge week. It's been a great week in sport, but actually.
1: holy shit, like, not great.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's reminiscent of that Australian club that made the semis, didn't they?
1: Yeah. I f- Someone I from remember. Brisbane or something? Yeah. I think it was like Oakley or something like that. I think it was O A K L E I G H or something like that. But yeah, they went a long way. And then also to talk about something else that's gone viral in the last week. It's actually something from, I think it was the start of November. And if people haven't seen this, I highly recommend checking it out. If you want a good laugh, it's a news reporter slash actor, I guess, slash comedian from Ghana named Acrobito. And what he's doing is he's reading out some English premier league scores from the the previous weekend on one of the news channels over there. He legitimately sounds like he's about half a carton in like he he sounds drunk right from the start. <laughs> I
0: don't know what to make of it, hey.
1: Yeah. So forgive my ignorance, mate, but is English the first language there? I think you'll find it's actually a Khan, which is about 44% of the population speaking. Okay. I, I have Googled that. There's no yeah, way yeah. I knew it. <laughs> Not but, a... uh, no, English is uh, an official language over there. Okay. So, but, yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird. But yeah, he's, like, he's absolutely nailing the big sides like your Man United, your Liverpools and your Chelseas. But the way he pronounces teams like Sheffield United, West Bromwich Albion, Tottenham Hotspur. Even the way he said Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's some absolute <laughs> shockers. It had me in stitches. Only a minute 17 worth watching, definitely. So,
0: yeah, we have a few YouTube clips this week. You yeah. might want to check it out. A
1: very interesting week in soccer. Mm. Now, the NBL season's had a bit of a shake up.
0: Yeah, well, it was meant to tip off yesterday, actually, Sunday the 10th. Uh, now it's been postponed to this Friday night. The recent COVID restrictions and borders going up and down and all around in Queensland, New South Wales, it's all in turmoil. The scheduling is in chaos, let's face it. So as it stands, there's four games confirmed for round one and another listed as Brisbane Bullets versus TBC.
1: Ah, the Tampa Bay carrots, 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 yes, of course.
0: Uh, And the Wildcats and the Breakers are not scheduled to play anyone in round one at this stage. So we actually had initially two home games for Friday and Sunday this weekend that were meant to happen. But now maybe not.
1: It's just like the A-League where the Glory aren't playing until round four. Wow. So I wonder if this could be, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, like we said, it's another asterisk year and there's going to be weird things like this and we just got to live with it. we just got to be happy that sport's there, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: I mean, it still seems a little bit weird that we're even having a conversation about this in Australia when we're doing so well, I guess, comparatively. But... It kind of makes me go back to that point I made last week about how shit the NBL Cup is. That's the time to use for a little mini bubble, if anything. You know, have a little four-week period where everyone plays everyone, kind of like what they're doing, but just without all the stupid bells and whistles.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, I, I like the idea of the prize money for the team that wins. There's There's been a lot of revenue lost lately. Mm, yeah. It's the points for winning a quarter thing that sucks. Like, absolutely sucks.
1: And it sucks that badly that it makes the whole yeah, thing yeah. seem shit. It does. Well, the it,
0: does. it changes the season. It does potentially. We'll, we'll have to watch this space. But yeah. yeah. Now, Stu, you've got a big no no. Never touch the referee.
1: No, you definitely don't. This has to be one of the dumber things I've ever seen in rugby. It's happened over in the French second division. There's a Fijian winger playing over there named Josea Rosongi, I believe it's pronounced. He got sent off after the final siren. What? <laughs> so basically what's happened, he's playing for, for a team called Never, I believe it's pronounced. Again, all the French stuff makes it a little bit trickier. Never never yeah. <laughs> Say ciao to Frenchie. <laughs> but basically what's happened, they're waiting for a decision in the last play of the game to see who was going to win. His team eventually has been awarded the win. Uh, I believe it was a no-try call. And he's sitting there behind the umpire, just dancing away, waiting for him to call it no-try. And as soon as he does it, he basically picks him up Kind of like Simba in The Lion King. <laughs> it was... It
0: was... Oh. <laughs> I was thinking maybe Dirty Dancing or... Uh... Well, well,
1: yeah. I, like I mean, keeping with the rugby theme, it looks like they're lifting him for a line out. Yeah, Like yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Like that's You're probably, probably, the, probably yeah. the best way to put it. Now, the umpires had this, just this crazy look on his face, kind of like, did this mad really happen? <laughs> and a couple of seconds later, he's realised that has actually happened and he's shown a straight red to this bloke who's now going to get suspended. Suffice to say, his coach was utterly pissed for the action, calling it intolerable.
0: Well, yeah, or, well, I'm, you or, don't touch refs. Like probably a...
1: like intolerable.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That is not even close to how I would say. <laughs> but you're right, yeah, you do not touch the referees. That is rule 1A in any mm, sport.
0: Yep, it sure is. Unless
1: the sport is referee hitting, in which case. Well,
0: yeah. you, well I haven't seen that
1: one. That's but... But, uh, Uruguayan national oh, yeah. sport. Okay, yeah. Well, there's a sport for anything. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. And I guess we'll round this out now. You've got a couple of politically charged sport bits of news.
0: Yeah, I mean, we try not to talk too much about politics. We try to stick to the sport. But sport is a part of the world. It's part of society. Sometimes they're inextricably linked, whether you like it or not. And we've got a couple of cases here. So the first one is the Georgia runoff elections. There were two runoff elections because the original Senate races were too close to call.
1: And the other guys ran
0: off, yeah? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they, they, did. Yeah, they may as well have. So the first one, it's quite remarkable. So so one of the... the Sen- I believe she was already a senator, so she was fighting for her seat again. Kelly Loffler. Now, she's actually the owner of the WNBA franchise, the Atlanta Dream. And she did not like the Black Lives Matter protests. Well,
1: she wouldn't. She's in Atlanta.
0: Well, yes. She is a white woman who did not like the Black Lives Matter protests. So what did all her players do... They wore T-shirts saying, vote for the other guy or some reverend.
1: Vote for Millsap.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> not vote for Millsap. <laughs> he was in Atlanta for a while. He was. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so so they wore these shirts saying, vote for the other guy. So this bizarre situation, there's already this weird situation with ownership and the whole slavery connotations. And do we even want to use the phrase owner anymore when most of the team's African-American?
1: The Donald Sterling incident.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, so that's one really interesting one that her own players helped get her unelected or not, <laughs> not re-elected. Uh, and then the other one is today. Now, as we know, there was kind of a fallout from that election. We know that President Donald Trump has...
1: Definitely won. Yes. Yeah, seems
0: to think there's some sort of fraud that's gone on. Um, and so... There was this coup, basically, that was launched on the Capitol building, and that's going to come up again as well later in the show. But as a result of that, the PGA of America Board of Directors have voted to exercise the right to terminate the agreement to play the 2022 PGA Championship at Trump Bedminster. So as a result of him kind of uh, one of the one of the things I read on Twitter was Lucy Lawless said that you wound up all these toys and now you're surprised that they're playing up, you know, and that's that's true. It's like it's like give them the lighter, you know, Okay, you didn't light the fire, but basically you did, Mm. you know. So, yeah, actions have consequences and they're they're the two little political intersections with sport this week.
1: And that's our political quota done for the year. Yeah.
0: Well, maybe not the year, but we try not to do it too much.
1: No, probably for the episode, though. Come on, you blokes. You know more than just sport.
0: Oh, Stewie, well, this one's been making the rounds and it is quite remarkable. <laughs> it's a dozy. There's a children's show in Denmark called John Dillimond. Now, you've actually, uh, I just thought it was a name, but you've actually looked up what it
1: is. No, Dillimond literally translates in Danish to penis man.
0: And penis man he is. <laughs> it's almost like, so he's always clothed, He's wearing these stripy pyjama kind of things. They're
1: like, where's Wally? They've got the red kind white of. and white stripes.
0: And his dick kind of grows. It's almost like Gumby. Like it kind of goes out and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's almost like plasticine. So there's this show for kids. And look, it's probably piss funny for adults. It is. But it's a show for kids. Apparently teaching children about genitalia, you know. Okay, kids get fascinated at a particular age about, and fair enough too, they're discovering their body and everything. But this show is bizarre. So he walks dogs with his penis. He holds balloons with his penis. The one that got me <laughs> was him playing badminton with himself, holding a racket in one hand and holding the other racket in his penis. <laughs> and it just takes playing with yourself to a whole new level. It really does. Go and grab the shuttlecock. <laughs> I just can't believe, like it's, yeah, so what a show.
1: it's it's funny you mentioned the one about the balloons. Like that was one of the most disturbing things I've seen. him standing in front of a group of children with a bunch of balloons tied around his penis. <laughs> uh, he's also tamed lions with it. Yes. The, like, how's this for a theme song? John PP, John PP, he has the world's longest PP. There's almost nothing he can't do with it. He can swing it around. He can get a little embarrassed. He can save the whole world if he's just allowed. John PP, John PP, John PP, John PP, John PP, John PP, John PP. It is just perfect for how random this show oh,
0: is. It's, it's amazing.
1: So who would play him in real life?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember a new story of a guy that got done at an airport and they thought he had something stashed down his pants and he said it was his dick and they didn't believe him. And so they took him to the little room and he proved to them that it was his dick.
1: <laughs> okay, so he's a, he's a candidate.
0: <laughs> but in the sports world, Stewie, I don't know. I remember Aaron Baines got a bit of a talk up from uh, okay. uh, Tommy Heinsohn in the Boston Celtics. You've got another Boston Celtic. Yeah,
1: Dennis Johnson. Yeah, he the was, man known as the tripod. He was often called the tripod. He had a very similar moustache and a, a similar sort of skin tone at least. So I guess he maybe fits the look quite well in terms of in terms of what these guys have gone for. Enjoyed trips to Denmark. He's not Danish. But, but I also doubt that his penis was red and white striped as well. It or It might have been green and white yeah, perhaps. But yeah, um, Maybe Raul Bobadilla that we spoke about last week. I mean, I don't know, maybe not so much the size of his manhood or the way that he looks, but...
0: He's happy to show it.
1: He's pretty comfortable getting it out in front yeah, of the camera. So. Yeah, well,
0: but the, the music did say he gets embarrassed sometimes. So oh, maybe, maybe, maybe not, he doesn't. Maybe yeah, not. Yeah. That's true.
1: Dennis Johnson was quite shy. So. Was he? Oh, there you go. He was. Yeah, so yeah, there you yeah. go. Perfect.
0: Oh. But anyway, regardless, Dewey to John Dillamond, I say... Dear you Cricket, <laughs> took one page from your book, Stuart.
1: You did. It's just not cricket.
0: Well, Stuart, as I've said several times this summer, we go from just not cricket to cricket itself. We've had another test wrap up. And, well, it's maybe newsworthy just as much for the off-field and non-batting and bowling and fielding stuff.
1: For lack of a better phrase. Well, Lord knows we did a lot of non, non-fielding today anyway. As
0: Yeah, well, as it is for the play itself. Yeah,
1: far away. God, this, I mean, so much has happened. It, probably one of the most entertaining draws I can ever remember watching. As you say, for several reasons, not just the actual cricket. Unfortunately, we do have to probably start with the racism route. It's Yeah, it's kind of, yeah,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, not good.
1: a very disappointing incident. It's got to be said that there has been mixed rumours coming out that there was nothing with any sort of racial overtone to it. So we don't know exactly whether anything was said or wasn't said, but sometimes it's that whole perception is reality. Oh, theme. definitely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Eye of the beholder.
1: And from what I could hear, the guys were just kind of going overboard a little bit with uh, with all the stuff that was aimed towards Muhammad Siraj.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, put it this way, Shui. I've been to the cricket enough times to not be surprised at all. I mean, we were at that game where, oh, you were you at that game? Anyway, I was at that game at Optus Stadium where those blokes unfurled that banner, it's okay to be white.
1: Yeah, okay. It happens,
0: yeah. you know. And Virat Coley said Australians are inherently racist. And it's not something we like to admit, but I think humans are. But I think yeah. Aussie people have a big problem with racism.
1: Well, we do. And and there was a, a really disappointing story from Ravi Ashvin after the, the play had finished where, he basically said he experienced it right from his first tour, all the way back in 2012, especially in Sydney. So unfortunately, yeah, right, right. it's not the first time, and it probably won't be the last time. No. Look, it's you know, it's hard to say. I mean, obviously, if they did say something racist, it's great that they were kicked out, and it's great that action was taken when it should have been. But you know, it, it is. It's disgraceful that these players can't feel safe on a cricket field.
0: Well, and what what is even sadder for me is that it was the Jay McGrath test. They've raised three million but over three million bucks, for breast cancer and cancer awareness, and it's again, it's overshadowed by this shit. You know, it just shouldn't be happening.
1: That's it, by somebody allegedly saying you're a brown dog. Yeah, yeah. Just there's no there's no place. No, there's not. There really is
0: not. Disgraceful. Yeah.
1: So, look, I think that's probably all we want to give. That it's it just doesn't like it's obviously such a huge. It's depressing. Yeah. But it's obviously a lot there's a lot more to talk about. I mean, the game itself, obviously, yes. was a, was oh, a cracking yes. it game. It sure was.
0: You
1: know, considering how far we actually were away from a result, still nearly 100 runs and five wickets for the Australians.
0: Well, i got to say, there was nearly a result, and there probably could have been a result. India took their foot off the pedal at the end. But if it hadn't been that rain on day one, India probably win this test, I reckon.
1: Potentially. I mean, it comes down to two things on the fifth day. It comes down to Richard Pant getting out on 97. Yes. The way he was batting yeah. Yes. very easily. He was doing a Ben Stokes. Oh, practice. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it probably comes down to Vihari doing his hamstring and not being able to run quick singles and quick twos. So, yeah, ultimately we did run out. And I actually got written here entirely because of the rain on day one.
0: Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah. The, uh, Probably saved Australia, I I dare say.
1: Yeah. Look, I mean, India at the very least deserved a draw out of this. The way that they yep, was just sensational in the second innings. I mean, it was far from without luck. They had countless shots edged past slips or, you know, dropped by Tim Payne. Three
0: drop catches from the captain today. Yeah.
1: But at the same time, for the most part, they rode the luck beautifully. They played the balls that were there to be played. They blocked a lot of the balls and left a lot of the balls that were there to be blocked or left.
0: Yep. They're patient. They like the Aussies. They
1: were. They yeah. were they were crowded. There was a point where Minus Labershane was basically diving forward before the ball had been blocked, just trying to get a catch. Yep. And still they blocked and they were patient, as you say. Like Rishabh Pant's innings was utterly amazing. Oh, I Watch, wish I saw it. Watching yeah. watching the way that he performed and giving India that chance. Yeah, yep. But I actually think that the 128 balls that Ravi Ashman saw off and the 259 balls that he and Bahari oh, saw. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, patience was more impressive. Yep. Given the circumstances, one of those guys gets out, you're probably exposing a pretty weak tail to an Australian bowling lineup who would have smelt blood. Yep. And then obviously, with the ridiculous banter from Tim Payne. To remain that focused is incredibly impressive. Mm, so, mm. speaking of Tim Payne, catches win matches. Yeah,
0: it? yeah. Well, and the banter. I mean, do we want to talk about the banter? He's in the team for the moral character and the the no dickheads policy.
1: And funnily enough, he's saying he's using those words. Yeah, yeah. like I mm. mean, I mean, anyone who didn't hear about it, he was basically t- telling Ravi Ashman that he can't wait to get to the Gabba, which is, I mean, fair enough. Fair way. enough. We fair haven't enough. lost and, there since eighty eight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but then. When Ashwin gives it back, he starts saying, oh, well, no one likes you on your team. Everyone thinks you're a dickhead and all that. Like, I've got more friends in India than you do. You don't, Timmy, trust me. Yeah. I reckon Ashman's got more friends in Australia than you do, yeah, well, quite frankly. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. you know, 1.3 billion odd, yeah. I'm guessing, like Ravi Ashman. I'm not sure how many like you. So, yeah, yeah not, not great. As a bowling unit as well, I mean, we probably had a pretty disappointing fifth day, really.
0: Yeah, so I didn't get to watch much at all. I took my lunch break conveniently basically for the last 10 overs or the last seven or eight overs. So I had to listen to it on the radio today. But yeah, the, the commentators were saying that basically they just weren't attacking the stumps enough. No,
1: nothing. Basically 10% of the balls maybe. Yeah, were hitting that's, stumps, that's not good Which is not Australian light. There were a few pretty decent Yorkers towards the end, but unfortunately that was when these guys were already in. They'd kind of got their eye and they were seeing the ball quite well. Very few of those Yorkers got even close to getting under the bat or past it. So, yeah, it was was pretty disappointing. You know, bring back a second slip, maybe. That cost us at least yeah, a couple. Yeah, Probably cost a couple of wickets. So, yep. yeah, I mean, as I say, the game itself, though, absolutely brilliant to see the emergence of Cameron Green. Yeah,
0: he had a good knock. <sighs> Top scored. Admitted- One innings.
1: Admittedly, you could probably say it's similar to the Joe Burns runs in the second innings of the last test where there was probably less pressure on him because we already had quite a significant lead. But... Again, nice to see him come. Well, back it's only his third run.
0: match, you know.
1: Well, exactly, right. And he's
0: only 21.
1: Exactly, right. So, obviously as an as an Aussie, great to see Steve Smith yeah. for the century in the first innings. Yeah, and
0: and I did get to see Summer Smith and and Labichain bat back together and they were magnificent. Yep. They were excellent.
1: So, yeah, certainly one of the things we've talked about in previous weeks is how poor our batting has been. It is very nice to see a little bit of a glimpse of what could potentially happen, and Dave Warner didn't even find any sort of form in the in, mm. in either innings. Well, there's
0: a lot of question as to whether he should have played. He was probably underdone, probably too was. much. Probably yeah. was. Yeah.
1: Now, one of the big things that did come up today was the whole issue around Rishabh Pant and and Riddhi Saha. So Peter Layla actually made a pretty decent point around the situation with the the wicket keepers. He basically, you know, made the point that. Saha came in and took over from Pant. Pant copped one on the elbow, so he was quite sore.
0: Saha's hard to keep with a elbow pointer. Incredibly difficult. Yeah, yeah.
1: And look, I'll be the first to admit, I mentioned a while back that I thought Pant was a better gloveman, not even close. My apologies there to uh, to Saha. <laughs> but when he came in and took four catches as the wicket keeper for the entire innings. It seems a bit off to see him then go back onto the bench. And, and have, nearly
0: make a ton. And... And,
1: and then Pennant comes out as the better batsman. Yeah. Makes the 97 very quick, smart yeah, as well. yeah. Yep. And you sort of think to yourself, like, if he can hold a bat for that period of time and play those sorts of attacking shots, how can he not, you know... <laughs> The, the words that Layla used, if you can hold a bat, you can wear a pair of gloves and fumble a few like he does on occasion. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, it, it's very odd, isn't it? Especially when the ICC is cracking down on runners. So they're already moving away from this kind of stretching the rule stuff. Yep. They did stretch the rules a bit there.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. What, what's to say a team based on that can't say, oh, we're, we're bowling first. Yeah, we're going to put in, you know, 11 or 10 bowlers and a wicketkeeper and then go, oh. Oh, you- they're, uh, yeah, they're all hurt. Yeah, they're all hurt. They'll be replaced by these. Ten batsmen, like I think it is legitimately taking the piss. Yeah, yeah. It actually makes the Jardasia concussion thing seem like nothing.
0: Yeah, well, that that seemed a bit dodgy too. Well,
1: it seemed dodgy at the time, but this seems again though.
0: As Aussies, we're in glass houses. We can't throw stones, can we? You almost feel with the sandpaper stuff, it's very hard to talk about this shit. I find it hard anyway.
1: Oh, there's got to be a
0: point where eventually we'll be able to throw stones, but I don't think we can throw stones yet. I don't know.
1: Not necessarily, but this is a very different sort of thing. I mean, this is, we're not talking about, yeah, we're not talking about guys trying to change the, you know, the shape of a ball in a match that they're already going to lose. We're talking about a like for like swap. And it's like, well, if you've already swapped a player out, shouldn't they sit out there? I don't don't know. Yeah,
0: no, it's fishy. It's definitely
1: fishy. It is. From one fishy thing to another fishy thing, the DRS. Oh, yeah. Geez, a couple of little things to talk about here. It's been the, Talk of the summer, the DRS, hasn't it? It has, and we saw an issue with the Steve Smith LBW from the other day. Well, not the LBW. He he was, he was given not out. Ravi Ashwin bowled bowled a you know decent ball, but it looked like it was going to miss leg stump. They've gone upstairs with the uh, with a review and. Someone very eagle-eyed on, on Twitter basically noticed that the, the stumps didn't actually line Superpose, up. Superimpose, yeah. Yeah, they were about six inches further towards towards the leg side. Yeah, yeah, crazy. It very nearly resulted in Smith being given out. Yeah. When he definitely shouldn't have been so. Oh, it
0: was definitely going down a leg.
1: I mean, can you imagine if that had resulted uh, in a wicket?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And we know Smith does not like getting out as well. He yeah. would have been pissed.
1: Yep. Then we had in Chapel talking about his how much he hates the DRS and I certainly don't dislike the DRS quite as much as he does. I mean, Ciapelli's Ch- talking about getting rid of it, go back to the umpire's call, you know, is right, that sort of thing, when we know that quite often it's not. It's great for those real howlers, but there's a lot of really close calls that they're just not going to be overturned for whatever reason. We saw Tim Payne chastising Paul Wilson because it was, you know, What was he saying? Fucking consistent. Yeah, not
0: a good test for Tim Payne. No. Not a good test at all for Tim Payne. And then
1: he goes on to say there's a thing that goes past it, referring to a little schnick, basically.
0: Yeah.
1: He's still annoyed because of the fact he was given out in a previous test on something very similar, but...
0: Look, and there has been a lack of consistency. Yeah, there has. And it's been been in the news for all the wrong reasons, the DRS, unfortunately.
1: But surely with an incoherent rant like that, he should get fined at least half his (laughs) match
0: fee. Well, jeez. Is this his last tour? Is Absolutely. this if, if maybe if South Africa come, come here when we're not going there anymore, maybe that's the last one? But I don't know how much pain he's got left. Alex Carey? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, get him in. Yep, yep.
1: No, I'm not, uh, not against that. Absolutely. Potentially, uh, Philippe. Philippe. Yeah, yeah, there's a few, a, there's yeah, plenty Philippe of guys is. with gloves, yeah. Philippe yeah. is the one I was kind of looking at as well. He's yep. a bit, bit younger as well, but yeah, Alex Carey is a great option. And then a couple of other little things Jasper Broomra and the, the bail flick.
0: There's a lot of petulance, this test, wasn't there? There really was. Yeah. You know, he was
1: getting pissed off at the fact that he's not taking wickets. He was very unlucky. He should have had several wickets. Unfortunately, both Australia and India dropped a lot of catches, didn't look particularly great. But Broom was then walking back to his mark, and he's just knocked the bails off. Yeah. And it wasn't just him. One of the other guys did it as well. I can't remember if it was Siraj or... or oh, or I didn't realise it happened twice. Yeah, it did. But yeah, that's not good enough. It's not great. And, yeah. And to then expect the umpire to just go and put them back on because you've had a little hissy fit. That's, yeah, that's not form. it is. There could be
0: some fines coming out of this test. Exactly. Uh, A draw. It brings out (laughs) the best in everyone. It
1: does. Now, before we move on to the fourth test, I've got to talk about the massive issue, a spectator being thrown out for drinking his beers too slowly. (laughs) That sounds like the
0: most Australian throwout ever. (laughs) Sorry, mate. You're not, not drinking your beer quick, quick enough. enough. Yeah, get out.
1: Sink your piss or get out. <laughs> so yeah, because of the mask protocols in a lot of the different parts of the SCG, you're only allowed to have your mask off when you're drinking. And this one bloke was taking a little bit too long between sips and basically not putting his mask back on. And the cops went up to him and said, "Look, mate, you need to speed up your drinking, otherwise, put your mask back on." He didn't pick up his pace, so he got charged for a, a slow-over rate, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, he, and he was escorted out by the New South uh, Wales police
0: and The funniest thing is, sure, you're wearing a Wildcats jersey in front of We're co-located again, we're in the same room again yeah, You're awesome. wearing a Wildcats jersey that says, alcohol, think again <laughs> <laughs> I should say, and they're probably a sponsor just for a the cricket.
1: Alcohol drink, drink again. Again. yeah. Well,
0: well, hey, maybe this guy was intentionally nursing, so he didn't have to wear a mask. Very there true. There was that guy that spouted off at a maccas because they told him to wear a mask. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, yeah. exactly right. It
1: was just such an Aussie thing. Yeah. Man. Oh, that's classic. Hurry up, champ. Yeah. The Get bus, up. the bus, know Get It's getting warm. Get on with it. <laughs> now. Just quickly to round off this, we do probably have to look forward to the fourth test now, which has been locked in for Brisbane, which is a great thing. Yeah,
0: India are going now apparently, so yeah. that is a great thing. And and hey, series on, one all. Yeah. Kind of cool that it ended in a draw in that sense. Very true. And again, India were bowled out for 36 in one innings, only one match removed. Yep. Like, it's what a crazy series this it has been. It
1: shows how much of an anomaly that yeah, really was. Yeah.
0: But... Oh, and by the way, congrats to Virat and his wife for their kid.
1: Yeah, congrats. That happened today. There you go.
0: Yeah. Amazing. And and I've got to say, actually, you know how we were a bit harsh on the quarantine, you know, Indians not wanting to re-quarantine and stuff. I did find out now, I didn't write down the names, but I did find out that one of them missed his grandpa's funeral and another one missed the birth of a child.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So we were maybe a little bit harsh there. Birth of
1: a child, I can't get behind because you kind of know when that's going to happen roughly. Well,
0: Virat went home.
1: Exactly. Yeah, so, but, yeah, but he's the
0: captain. His spot's safe. No, exactly. It might have been Siraj, actually. Might, but yeah. yeah, it was Siraj. Yeah, Harvest yeah, yeah. It,
1: yeah. So I guess the big question, though, who starts the match for the Aussies and the Indians? Obviously, not many players are going to lose their spot. I personally think Matty Wade might have... That's the talk, had, isn't it? He might have had his last chance. A couple of really irresponsible dismissals in this. He put Cameron Green right under the new ball which resulted in him getting out for a duck. He, yeah, just hasn't really been amazing in the field. I don't know. What are your thoughts?
0: Well, there's a lot of knee-jerk stuff about Australian selection, for starters.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm, I'm of the view to give him one more test for a couple of reasons. One, I'm not convinced that Pukowski and Warner will both play in the next one. So we might need, and he already opened in the, in the second test. True. And we might be missing both Pukowski and Warner. Pukowski went off with a shoulder, Warner, as we know, is underdone, as we've already said. So that's probably the reason I'd keep him in. Otherwise, you could be potentially replacing three guys mm. in a hopefully winner take all test.
1: Yeah, true. What do you reckon? I mean, I guess if those guys are able to go, I still, I must be, I know you're not a huge fan, but I still think Travis Head's the better option. He's not been amazing in recent times, but he still averages just under 40 in tests. He's not even 27 yet, and we're a very old size. Yeah,
0: but he's been throwing his wicket away too, though. That's the th- I mean, do you, do you drop a guy and bring him straight back in? It's tr- I, it's, I don't know it what is you tough. do. It I don't is know, tough. know what no you, matter what and you do. And there's no shield going yeah. on. Whatever you do, it's wrong, basically. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's, the, yeah. that's the problem. Yeah.
1: For India, I mean, they've got injury clouds. Pant looked very good. He may potentially be okay. Maybe they just keep playing S- as a batsman. Keeps, yeah. Well, they maybe they just keep Saha for the uh, for the wicket keeping and yeah. um, go from there. It's very much looking like Jardines not going to play. Yeah. I think he's, I think his thumbs busted. Yep. So Hard to
0: bowl with. Yeah.
1: The question is, do you go spin or do you go pace?
0: Oh, I think at the Gabba you've got to go pace.
1: So I guess that rules out Kuldeep Yadav. So the two options, I guess, you're probably looking at. You've got Thangarasu Natarajan, who would be on debut. You've got... uh, Yeah, we played
0: well in the T20. I know it's obviously a different format, but it could be his time.
1: Yeah, you've got Shardul, Tupac, Thakur.
0: Ah, yeah. Don't call me Tupac, yeah.
1: So that would be his second test. Yep. So I guess you're probably choosing between those two or potentially Yadav if you do want that extra spinner. None of them are particularly experienced. I like Thakur. He's got a better record of being a strike bowler. Took wickets in the short form as well, the same as Natarajan, but probably... Yeah, I'd be happy with either of them.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. I guess I'd probably like to see Thakur get the go. I mean, that's just the way it is.
0: Yep, very good.
1: Things will never be the same. Yeah,
0: see, I'm a metalhead. That took me a <laughs> yeah. second. But I got there. I did yeah. get there. Yeah. You yeah. got to
1: make a change. <laughs> oh, dear. So I guess to round out the cricket, we've got to go to the BBL. Yes. Now, we should obviously talk. We did, uh, we did have a very nice experience on Saturday night going to the Scorchers and Sydney Thunder game. We did. Absolutely cracking game of cricket.
0: Another win for the Scorchers.
1: Yep. Great atmosphere as well. Very entertaining match between two sides in pretty decent form. And I'll tell you what, I am very happy to put my hand up and say I misjudged the way the Scorchers were going. They've they've found form at a very, very nice time.
0: Yeah, well, you're yeah, absolutely right. And a bit of home cooking maybe helped. But, uh, yeah, Colin Munro had a very well-balanced innings of 50. Mitch Marsh started really well. I think he got off the mark with a lovely pull to the boundary, but then he only managed 15, which is a bit disappointing. But Ashton Turner, 31 of 13, was magnificent. He...
1: Absolutely, just helps get us over the line. He, yeah, he absolutely smashed the power surge, which is something I must say I've really grown to uh, to love. I, I think this is something that has actually revolutionised the game and made it a lot more enjoyable in in some of those sort of mid to late overs before you sort of get into the real slogs. Teams seem to be using it fairly well. I mean, there, there have been some that have been taking a lot of wickets. I've seen some three for thirteens, but we had none for forty in that match. A seventeen mm. followed by a twenty three. Mm. And, and it's really good. I mean, teams are not doing what they do in the ODIs. You know how they quite often take the second power play too late and they're like eight down and all of a sudden they end up with 25 off those five overs instead of 50. Well, we're starting to see teams actually use this surge really well and, and you know, there have been a couple that have made at least 30 off those two overs, which is kind of what you want.
0: For the loser, Sam Billings was absolutely magnificent nearly took it away from <sighs> yeah, us. His partnership with Cutting was really good.
1: Very entertaining.
0: But Joy Richardson... Picked up four wickets, but also had a handy 20 and hit a massive six as well. Yep. So very entertaining. Great day. Yeah. Per- it was actually, we have had some really hot weather here, but it was a beautiful evening and it was, couldn't have picked a better night for cricket.
1: You really couldn't
0: have. Yeah, brilliant.
1: I have to say they're looking at other parts, the X factor, that's something that really hasn't taken off. Yeah. I think there's only two teams I can remember. The Sydney Thunder took Lloyd Pope and brought him in uh, after two overs. I think Ben Dwarshus went off and... Pope actually took a couple of wickets in that. It might have even been against the the scorches, I think. And then Chris Lynn had a really nice, massive knock as as the ex back. one, game. yeah. Yeah, yep. but other than that, no one's really seeming to use it, which is uh, probably not what the league wanted to see.
0: Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Did they consult the franchises when they made this rule? <laughs> probably
1: not. To be probably, probably, probably not. Probably not.
0: There's been criticisms about the management of the BBL for years. So yeah,
1: that's yeah. it. So, yeah, I mean, at this point in the tournament, the Sixers and the Thunder are probably looking pretty good for the top two, but you kind of feel like only the Renegades are looking unlikely to to make the finals. Every team's maybe a three-game winning streak or losing streak away from top three or bottom two.
0: And it seems to be the way with the Big Bash every year. There's one or two at the top that really put their heads above everyone else, and then there's about, feels like the rest of the league fighting for the other two spots. So true. Yeah.
1: And now, what made Stu say bloody hell? Well, the bloody hell this week isn't a traditional bloody hell, Oh, but it goes to the Boston College NCAA basketball team and their all-time brain fade against North Carolina State from New Year's Eve. Mm. Now, we fast forward to the last minute of the second half. Shaquille Moore hits a 20-footer to put North Carolina State on top by one, 27 seconds left in the game. On the ensuing possession, a bad pass leads to a turnover, giving NC State the ball back, 14 seconds to go. Up one. Exactly. Now, you're a basketball aficionado. What would you do?
0: Well, I can never forget the words of Dick Vitale, STS, scoreboard, time, strategy. You should always know what the scoreboard says. You should always know how much time's left, and you should always know the strategy based on the scoreboard and the time.
1: So you're on defense. You're down by one. Foul straight away. You foul.
0: Ideally, the worst free throw shooter on the court, but beggars can't be choosers with that little time.
1: Exactly. So you foul. Well, Boston College didn't. They basically tried for a steal and then they played defense without fouling until Moore got free for a dunk with a couple of seconds left. And then the desperation he from about 70 feet away was short and wide and the game is over. Mm. Unfortunately, it kind of reminds me a bit of the game seven of that Spurs and Nuggets series that you probably want to forget.
0: Very uncharacteristic of a Spurs team. Yeah. It yep. really
1: was random. I mean, I, I, it's just the sort of thing you you don't expect to see from a semi-professional team. Mm. So for being a semi-professional team and having five guys on the court with literally no situational awareness, all I can say is, what are you doing? <laughs> Bloody hell. Bloody hell.
0: So, Stewie, the NFL playoffs are in full swing now. And look, I've got to say, there's actually some things from last week that we need to debrief on. Unfortunately, we record on a Monday night. That's all the games tend to happen, or most of the games tend to happen, We hours of Sunday night, early morning Monday. Then we got to work. So, I don't get to kind of get acquainted with everything that happened as much as I would like when we record. So, we looked at a few things last week, but a few things that we didn't realize is that there's this massive tanking saga.
1: Oh, God, yeah.
0: That came of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and New York Giants game in the NFC at Least. Now, basically, what happened now, it was a really important game to work out who was going to make the playoffs, but it was also a really important game for draft picks. And, look, my views on tanking have kind of been talked about before. I don't mind kind of playing the younger guys if you're not going to make the playoffs. Mm. I'd rather bottom out and get a higher pick. So I can kind of understand. It's a strategy. It is a strategy. The problem is that this was the last game of the season, I think it was. or It was definitely a primetime game. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it was the last game of the season. season. It was a primetime game. Everyone's watching. And with Philly only down three with enough time to win, coach Doug Peterson, who, by the way, Super Bowl winning coach, beat Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, decided to pull quarterback Jalen Hurts and bring in third stringer Nate Sudfield early in the fourth when there was still plenty of time left and the game was still there to be won.
1: When was the last time that bloke even threw a pass?
0: Well, here's some stats. He hasn't thrown a pass since 2018. He threw an interception on his second attempt and he also lost a fumble. Whoops! So they went from a game where they only had a field goal in it, and it could have been anyone's game, to basically throwing it away. Now, Peterson said, yes, I was coaching to win. Yes, that was my decision solely. Nate has been here for four years, and I felt he deserved an opportunity to get some snaps. There's plenty of time to <laughs> give a third string out some snaps. <laughs> Not in the fourth quarter of a close game.
1: Wow. You could surely come up with a better explanation than that. You may as well just say we were tanking.
0: Well, and and you know, I actually agree with that. I actually agree with that. Um, and he kind of was. By saying I, I want to give a young guy a go, he was kind of saying he was tanking, but he said, yes, I was coaching to win. So he contradicted himself. Um. But the New York Giants coach, uh, Joe Judge, he teed off. He was not happy. And and New York would have made the playoffs, yeah. So you can understand why. But normally in the coaching fraternity, they're a little bit circumspect. They won't kind of tee off like he did. He teed off. He was not happy. There's now talk that Peterson might get the sack. And if he does, you wonder if he'll be scapegoated because you wonder if the edict came from the top because it was the difference between, I think, the sixth and the tenth pick. Yeah, and there's big. very quarterback heavy this draft yeah, too. Yeah, okay. Wow. So they could get a good quarterback if they want. I don't know about Jalen Hurts. You know, Carson Wentz is not happy. He'll probably be out the door too. But
1: they've already got a quarterback now,
0: Nate <laughs> Sudfield. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and a
1: great game.
0: So Jason Kelsey, this is an interesting quote. Nothing takes precedence over trying to win a football game. I don't care who you are trying to evaluate. I don't care if you've lost every game. You're zero and fifteen, and it's the last one you've got. Everything is about winning in this league. So, should he have done it? Is everyone pissed off legitimately? Is it just good strategy? Will everyone forget about it when they get a good player with a sixth pick?
1: It's literally all of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's great strategy. It fucking sucks for the teams that miss out. It's great for the team if they get a great draft pick. Everyone will forget about it very shortly. I dare say it's all of those things.
0: And I dare say, you know, what I've said about the Spurs and Swans over last season. If I were an Eagles fan, I'd rather that sixth pick than that tenth pick. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, So maybe a storm in a teacup. Maybe the fact it was a nationally televised game. Maybe the fact that the players weren't told, hey, guys, we're going to take the foot off the pedal a little bit. But yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see if Peterson keeps his job and, and where to from here. Yeah. Anyway, okay, let's get into the playoffs, Stewie. So we, you always say you find a way to talk about indie first, but this is in chronological order, and we lost. So I'm not in any great you know rush <laughs> rush to talk didn't, about. Didn't this. I you to talk about them
1: last. <laughs> no, that's fair enough.
0: <laughs> but it was the first game, and as I say, I stayed up till about five thirty Perth time watching, and it was a cracker of a game. And I hate to say, it was the one that got away. Buffalo 27 defeated the Colts, Indy 24. A field goal was all that was there in the end, and we left a lot of points on the field. We turned down field goals on multiple occasions, going for touchdowns instead. We went for two when we could have gone for a sure thing with one, and in the end, a field goal was the difference. Can't help but think this was the one that got away. So a little bit disappointing there. But hats off to Jared Allen, the the Buffalo Bills quarterback. And look, they haven't won a playoff game in 25 years. 1995 is the last time they won a playoff game. So I'm actually going going for them from now on. I hope they, and I think they could, they could make the Super Bowl. But he's the first ever quarterback, Jared Allen, to throw for 300 plus yards, run for 50 plus yards and complete 70 plus percentage of his passes in a playoff game. For his career, Allen is 42 touchdowns and zero interceptions in the red zone. And at one stage in the game, he had 162 straight pass attempts without a pick. Andy he has the most rushing TDs for any quarterback in the last two years with 23. So a lot of talk about Lamar Jackson and a lot of other guys. He's, he's pretty that good like running. He started, yeah, yeah he is very good. So yeah. Hats off to him, and we'll see if Buffalo can do further damage now that they won this one. The next one was the Rams beating the Seattle Seahawks 30 to 20. Now, the Seahawks don't lose in Seattle very no, this often. This was
1: a real surprise, this one.
0: It was. Now, less surprising because Goff ended up playing at quarterback. Now, there was some talk that he probably wouldn't play. And John Wolford, the backup, actually did start, but then he got injured. So Jared Goff had to come in and play with a bum uh, thumb, which is not easy when you're a quarterback. Oh, a
1: bum thumb, that's the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But anyway, the Rams allowed... And they have a great defense. They allowed just 270 yards of total offense and only 11 first downs in the entire match. Yeah, good. So that is a recipe for victory. However, as I said last week... Or did I say this last week? Or did I say this in our chat with our mates? Whoever won this game was going to lose next week anyway, probably. So, you know, well done to the Rams, but it's going to be uphill from heel. Aaron Donald, one of their best defenders, left in the third quarter with a rib injury. So...
1: Jeremy McGovern had a rib injury going into the 2018
0: grand final and he did alright. Yeah, well, hey, you never know. You never know. There's a reason they play the games and they're one-off elimination games. Anything can happen. And it is wild card weekend and there are there's always wild stuff that happens. And this is maybe one of the things. One, one thing that's really interesting about this is Russell Wilson had a shocker. So he only made... A, he only completed 11 passes. He was 11 for 27. Yeah, that's terrible. He did have two TDs, 174 yards... But the problem was his pick, he threw his pick to DK Metcalf, who's one of the best receivers in the league, but it's when you put all your eggs in one basket, you know, and you become very predictable. And that's why they picked it off because they know that ball's going to DK Metcalf nearly every time. So Wilson went from being MVP favorite and the Seahawks going from, oh, these guys could be Super Bowl contenders to one and out. And the first time they lost at home in 10 home playoff games. Last time they lost... The then St. Louis Rams. So that's an mm. interesting one. Uh, now, in a weird wrinkle of the NFL, the 11 and 5 Tampa Bay Bucks traveled to the 7 and 9 Washington football team.
1: Got a bit of a scare.
0: They did. They did. So even though they had a much better record, Washington, and they have an excellent defense, and they've been much better the second half of the season. It was the Bucks' first playoff win since 2002. The reason Washington were the home team was because they were the division winners of the NFC, least. Whereas the Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't win their division, New Orleans won their division. I don't like that wrinkle. No. I think the seeding should be based on record. I, agree. I think it's bullshit. Often you'll see an eight and eight team host an 11 and five, maybe even a 12 and four team. And that's just not that's on. Not right. It's not on. I mean, these guys weren't even 500. But the buzz one is Tom Brady, who at 43 years and 159 days passed George Blander to become the oldest player to throw a touchdown in a playoff game. But Washington backup, Tyler Heineke, who played because Alex Smith was injured, had 306 yards passing with a TD and 46 on the ground with a rushing TD in only his second ever start. So the buzz about him is he's going to make a lot of money.
1: Oh, yeah, he get
0: paid. Prior to the season, he'd only appeared in eight games, started in one, and before Saturday was taking online math classes at Old Dominion University. Ah, so, Old
1: Dominion.
0: The quarantine quarterback nearly won a playoff game. Finally, with the last few games, Baltimore 20 defeated Tennessee 13. Lamar Jackson had 179 yards passing without a TD, but he also ran for 136 and a score in his first ever playoff victory, even though he's won an MVP and had some pretty good teams with some very good records. The Ravens rallied from 10 down. In the random stats factory here, 43 comebacks of 10 or more this season before this game. So a lot of comebacks this season from 10 or more down, which is tied for most in NFL history, 2013-14. Derek Henry, excellent rusher, helped win my fantasy team, was kept to a fairly quiet 40 yards after racking up over 2,000 on the season. The All-Pro had run for 328 combined in the previous two meetings. So the Ravens really held them really well there. And weirdly, Baltimore coach John Harbour, who, by the way, has won a Super Bowl, said that it may be the best win he's ever been associated with. So that's interesting, John. Ouch. His brother Jim just got re-signed at Michigan, by the way. New Orleans-Chicago. New Orleans beat Chicago 21-9. Not surprising at all. Alvin Kamara had a rushing TD after sitting out the last game with COVID. New Orleans looking pretty good. They'll be hosting Tampa Bay next week. I saw that. That could be a huge True game. Good
1: reasons on Brady. That's going to be a cracker.
0: And then saving the best for last, Cleveland 48, Pittsburgh 37. What? And as I said, Pittsburgh started 11-0. And there were all these teams that had started, what, 7-0 and or better who didn't go on to win the Super Bowl. Pittsburgh now officially joins the list. They did start the season really well, but a lot of people were saying they weren't as good as their record. And this one's crazy. So Cleveland were playing. This is the first time Cleveland had made the playoffs in nearly 20 years, 18 years, I think it was. They were playing without their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, without pro bowl guard, Joel Petonio, and top cornerback Denzel Ward, because they were all tested positive for COVID-19. They only practiced once in the last two weeks, and they'd lost 17 straight games in Pittsburgh. Okay, granted, no fans. But this is crazy. Absolutely crazy. So Cleveland were up 28-0 in the first. You sent me a message. No, I
1: called you. Yeah, that's right. You did too. I called you because <laughs> I'm like, didn't you say that God hates Cleveland? Yeah,
0: and I did. Uh, but yeah. hey, maybe not more, not anymore. You know, the Cavs won an NBA championship. The Browns won this match. Who knows? But it was their first postseason triumph of any kind since New Year's Day in 1995. And that was, by the way, three months before their current starting quarterback had even been born, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> so, yeah, so so they'll be going to Kansas City, which will not be an easy no, task. Will Buffalo will host Baltimore, which will also... So next week, I think all the games will be absolute crackers. The Rams will go to Green Bay. That's probably the one that I'm least interested in because, of, because be of the in- injuries. Yeah. I, I suspect Packers will win. I suspect Packers will go to the Super Bowl too. Yeah. Tampa Bay to New Orleans, as I said, where the combined ages of the quarterbacks is 85. Twenty five. No, 85, 85. legitimately. Legitimate. Legitimately. <laughs> Tom Brady, 43, and Drew Brees, 42. Yep. And then Cleveland to Kansas City and Buffalo to Baltimore. Exciting times ahead in the NFL.
1: Very exciting. Now, Nath, I guess before we wrap this segment up, I've just got to ask you one really, really important question. Did you watch this on CBS or Nickelodeon? <laughs>
0: Unfortunately, the Nickelodeon version wasn't available on Australian television that I could tell. I would have liked to have watched it yeah. on Nickelodeon. It was great.
1: Them throwing slime and guys yeah, Young, Young Sheldon explaining rules. Which, is great. which was great. Really it's really good cool. to bring kids
0: into the game. It's clever.
1: SpongeBob SquarePants in the middle of the uprights on yeah. the extra points. Yeah. yeah, there were some really, really cool things going on there. And I dare say it'll be something they should invest some money in.
0: I want to see the Wiggles explaining the AFL, for example. <laughs> Or Bob the Builder talking about uh, the bash boost, maybe, you know? (laughs) Oh,
1: Oh, good times. And now, this week in sport history.
0: January 11th, 2004, the 4th and 26 game. Trailing the Green Bay Packers by just three points in an NFC Divisional Playoff game, the Philadelphia Eagles face a 4th and 26 on their final drive with just over one minute left. Donovan McNabb, who had just been sacked on a previous play for a loss of 16 yards, found Freddie Mitchell up the middle for 29 and a first down, thanks to forward progress. The Eagles managed to work it down to the 19-yard line before David Akers tied the game and then would nail a 31-yarder to win it in OT. And I actually watched that game.
1: There we go. That's
0: I liked like, Freddie Mitchell was a good wide receiver. I liked watching that Philly team was good. Yeah,
1: that yeah, was a great play. January twelfth, nineteen ninety two, the highest scoring NCAA basketball game ever sees the Troy State Trojans defeat the DeVries Hoyers two hundred and fifty eight to one hundred and forty nine in Troy, Alabama. There are so many things that make this game crazy oh, apart God. from the scoreline. <sighs> Troy State were in their last season in Division two, basically heading up to Division one, so they were far too strong for Devree. They were the ultimate run-and-gun team. They averaged 121 points a game. They basically would go for a steal on every possession, and if they didn't get it, they would just basically give up a quick, easy score. They knew they were fitter than anyone else and they would just run them off the floor. Troy State had scored 187 points against DeVry the previous season, which was a record. And on that day, the Hoyas of DeVry only had seven players fit. Troy State hit the 100-point mark with three minutes left in the first half and then led 123 to 53 at halftime thanks to hitting 21 three-pointers. Both the score and the three-pointers were a record. They hit 200 points with nearly eight minutes left. Still the only NCAA
0: side to do so. It's computer game stuff.
1: But at that point, the scoreboard actually had to go back to zero because they'd never even considered a score that high.
0: (laughs) It's the Y2K of basketball scores. It it
1: was like when we were growing up. If you got to 100 somehow, you'd go back to zero. But, yeah, they did it for 200. Oh,
0: man.
1: They broke both of their previous records by dropping 135 points in the second half and hitting 33-pointers. 10 of the 11 Troy State players had double figures. Eight of them had 20 or more. Troy State recorded a whopping 94 rebounds, 65 assists, oh. and 28 steals in the game and committed just one foul. How
0: does that? We got to get our hands on this tape.
1: It's on YouTube.
0: Is it? Yep. We got to watch this. We got to watch this.
1: And they went 51 of 109 from deep in the game, which is just insane. There were actually only three free throws total for the game. Wow. And DeVries Clayton Jones had 16 points to go with 19 turnovers. Wow. Part of 44 from the Hoyers. January
0: 14th, 1898, Australian cricketer Joe Darling, owner of one of the best moustaches you've ever seen, hits the first six in the history of test cricket, smashing a ball out of the ground, which was the only way to hit a six before 1910, aside from overthrows. Interestingly, back then, a ball clearing the rope but staying in the ground was only worth five at the time. I never knew this before this. Darling would make 178 as the Aussies beat England by an innings and 13 runs, Australia winning the series 4-1.
1: Take that, England. (laughs) January 15, 1942, the Chicago Cubs cancelled plans to install lights at Wrigley Field to play night games due to the military's need for materials. It would then take a further 35 years before lights were finally installed at Wrigley, making it the last Major League Stadium to have lights installed. Even then, it only happened because the Major League Baseball told the Cubs they needed to have lights for the playoffs or they'd be forced to play their home games at Bush Stadium in St. Louis. In one of the previous seasons, they were actually odds-on favourites to make the World Series and the plan was that they would play games three, four and five on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday so they could play the day games and only the the Friday game would be an issue but it never never actually eventuated. The best part about this though was their first night game was against the Philadelphia Phillies and it was rained out after three and a half innings. Typical. (laughs) So typical.
0: January fifteenth, nineteen eighty-eight. Nineteen-year-old Indian leg spinner Narendra Huhani records the best bowling figures on debut in Test history when he took sixteen for one hundred and thirty-six in a two hundred and fifty-five-run fourth Test win versus the Windies in Madras. Now, Chennai.
1: that's also a pretty, uh, pretty tasty curry. Of course,
0: <sighs> I do love a curry. Breaking Bob Massey's record of sixteen for one hundred and thirty-seven by one run. Huhani took eight wickets in each innings, becoming just the fourth player to ever take eight wickets in an innings on debut. Hawani also holds the record for longest spell, bowling a crazy 59 over spell against England in 1990. He struggled away from India, though, and only played 17 tests.
1: Absolutely astonishing 59 overs straight.
0: Oh, a one dayer, just about. Well, more than. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yep. Crucky. This week in sport history.
0: All right, Stewie, I know what you want to talk about. You want to talk about it every week.
1: Kamadi World Cup. <laughs> One of these weeks, it's going to be. It will,
0: you will, you will.
1: No, it is indeed the NBA. Look, if there's been one buzzword that I think we've all pretty much heard too many times in the last year, it was unprecedented. As annoying as it was, almost everywhere you looked in life, there were things that had a very distinct lack of precedence. And it's pretty safe to say this season has picked up where last season left off. Yep. We haven't had the bubble yet, but this season hasn't felt at all normal. And in a country that has absolutely had the piss slapped out of it by COVID, it's little surprise.
0: Yeah, sure. You're not wrong. They're now up to 4,000 deaths a day in the US. And then on Friday, they had 310,000 new cases.
1: <sighs> yeah, it's it's tough to imagine. It it's really just getting is. worse. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, while we have some really cool stuff to talk about this week, we unfortunately have to talk about the crisis that started to work its way through the association, the impact it's already having on the season. Yep. It's hurt some teams more than others, but here are a few of the different circumstances that teams have faced. The Philadelphia 76ers played against Denver without Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Seth Curry, Matisse Thybulle, Mike Scott and Shake Milton. Mm. They had to play three rookies in Tyrese Maxi, Isaiah Joe, and Dakota Matthias more than 41 minutes. Wow. Maxi did erupt for 39, which was really cool to see.
0: You got to take your opportunities.
1: But then Joe went four of 18. Matthias went five for 13. Rookie Paul Reed also played 26 minutes. So four of their seven guys were rookies. The other three were Danny Green, Dwight Howard, and Tony Bradley. So two old guys and a journeyman. Mm. A pretty decent fourth quarter was the only reason the game was even close. But, like, I saw footage of them running out for warm-ups with only seven of them, and it looked like a fucking high school game. It's
0: bizarre, isn't it? Because originally I thought they said they couldn't play with any less than eight or nine. Mm. So is there somewhere along the line that changed?
1: Uh, Yeah, it must be six. It must be the number. But Maybe. Then you've got the Cleveland Cavaliers. They've played their last two games without seven of their players. The Boston Celtics had seven players out as of Saturday night. Other teams are getting tangled up in it. As an example, Bradley Beal had to be pulled from the game minutes before tip-off the other night because he was deemed a close contact of Jason Tatum, mm. who the Wizards played against and Beal guarded. Memphis Grizzlies centre Jonas Valanciunas was pulled from their game against Brooklyn at halftime due to protocols. The Bulls and Mavericks have had to leave players behind in cities. The list just goes on.
0: And not to mention the fact that the schedule's been affected. So, for example, the Spurs have played 10 games – Three of them against LA Lakers and two of them against Minnesota, yep. so only two teams in ten games.
1: Yeah, there's, so there's, there's the
0: schedules all over the shop too.
1: There's been a ton of those where teams have played two games against the same team yep. in the same city, which yep. is just which makes sense. It, it's smart. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. limiting the the potential for travel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then we've seen the other side of the coin. You look back to the Houston Rockets at the start of the season. They had their first game against OKC postponed because most of their team were unavailable. And then just today, Miami and Boston was postponed because Miami didn't have a single player who was yeah, to play. Yeah,
0: that's scary. It is. Really scary.
1: Including the likes of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as well. Oh, so He's been excellent, yeah. very, very good players yeah. that are not being able to play. There's currently no criteria for what might prompt the league to suspend the season. So at what point do they need to say enough is enough?
0: Oh, that's a really good question. I mean, the minute you start postponing games, the domino and ripple effects, I dare say we're heading towards another bubble.
1: Yeah, I think we have to. The league has already come out and said they won't do it for an extended period of time. So I, I dare say we might be looking at an even more truncated season than we already have.
0: How do you feel about a few different bubble situations with breaks in between? Almost like mini tournaments.
1: I don't mind the idea of even finding four or five places that work and having groups of several. I mean, unfortunately, it's going to mean that you may play the the Lakers another three or four times, but if it gets the games played and it's just going to have to happen. Uh, otherwise... I dare
0: say, Shui, it's very unprecedented.
1: Oh, it is. It is. Yes, there's... A <laughs> there's, there's look on your face. There's likely not, but Yeah. <laughs> unprecedented and pivot they're the two Ugh. words that just oh, just kill me and I know you hate the asterisk talk but what kind of asterisk is this given so many guys are missing multiple games like teams and guys will have zero control over whether this impacts them
0: Oh, I don't. I don't hate the asterisk talk necessarily, but I hate that. I hate when they say this season's been so amazing it doesn't deserve an asterisk. Like, yeah, but you had like a three-month layoff. Not every team played the same yep. amount of games. You played a bubble where not the entire league came back. That's pretty fucking asterisk. But
1: doesn't this kind of feel like finally one where you can kind of say, well, you know what? This one actually does have...
0: Well, this could be more asterisk.
1: This has more of a yeah, yeah more of an impact to the result. Oh,
0: did I blow a good title on our last episode? You might have done. Ah. You
1: might have done. Very asterisky business. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, look, we could talk about COVID literally all day because obviously there is just so much of it going on. Guys mm. missing games left, right and centre. Yep. We're going to have to kind of monitor this as it goes and, and see where it leads us. But... I guess we should talk about some of the cool stuff because yes. there's a lot of wicked stuff going on.
0: There's things to celebrate.
1: There, There is. I mean, the quality of play has been pretty high, all things considered. We spoke about Steph Curry dropping 62 on Portland last week. Bradley Beal put a 60-piece on Philadelphia in a 141-136 loss.
0: But no one knows it because that was the day the capital lynching happened.
1: Yeah, true. That's very very true. Like he
0: picked the worst day in Washington, the city where it happened, to score 60. The worst day.
1: And we I mean we know about it purely because it was on SportsCenter when we were watching together finally enough. Well,
0: and and we look at all the box scores. That, and stuff too, too. Yeah, but yeah.
1: But yeah, he also had 41 two nights later also in a loss, this time to Boston. When we were hanging out watching this, though, we saw this really cool stat that Washington's lost its last nine games when Bill has at least 40 points. That's bizarre. Which ties an NBA record. It's certainly not one you'd want. No.
0: Yeah, bizarre.
1: But speaking previously about Steph Curry, he led the Warriors to a really cool comeback win against the Clippers. The Dubs were down 22 points in, in the third quarter. But Curry had 38 points. Golden State went on a 52-20 to 20 run. And from there, they won by 10. Along the way, though, Steph had his 26th game with nine or more three-pointers, first in league history by a mile. Long
0: way, yeah, long way.
1: In fact, it's more than second, third, and fourth combined, which, if you're interested, would be James Harden, Damian Lillard, and Clay Thompson.
0: All modern players.
1: In fact, only 24 guys other than Curry have done it at least once, including some surprises.
0: Well, I remember when nine was the record.
1: Well, exactly. It was for for quite a while. I remember when Dennis Scott hit 10 and everyone lost their shit. Yeah, yeah, like,
0: holy shit, 30 points just from threes, yeah.
1: But get this for some some random ones. Aaron Baines. Wow. Did it for Phoenix. I
0: do remember him hitting a lot of threes for Phoenix early last season. Yep. But holy he shit.
1: Had a, he had a nine. He had a nine. Latrell Sprewell.
0: Yeah. Not, not, not all that surprising. Not streaky. Piece, he was streaky he's, though. He's, yeah, he's when like he got hot, you know. Yeah.
1: Marcus Smart's another one.
0: Yeah. Similar kind of play. Obviously, Latrell was much more gifted offensively. But he's a bit streaky too.
1: Yep. Yeah. Duncan Robinson's done it three times already. As a rookie, though. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. A very impressive feat, though, by Curry. The Warriors are actually 21-5 and in those games, and only two of those losses came after 2013. So as a general rule nowadays, when he hits that many threes, they win.
0: And as a general rule, no lead is safe against the Golden State Warriors.
1: Very, very true. Also, his 50th game with at least eight threes. Wow. Which is pretty spectacular. Wow. Now, we've also mentioned the Celtics. They're tied with the Sixers for the top spot in the East, thanks largely to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. The 10 games to open the season, Tatum has 269 points. Brown has 263 for a total of 532. The only time a Celtics duo scored more in the first 10 games of a season would be? Bird and McHale. Bird and McHale. 86? 86-87. A year the Celtics won the East, the Lakers won the West, and the Lakers won the title. Could we see a repeat of that this oh, year? Oh, it's not out of question. It's very much it's in not in out play. of the question. Very much in play. Now, unfortunately, we do have a bit of bad news for an Aussie. Dante Exum's had a, another injury in his horrible run. It just continues. And made a glass. He's actually kind of... Got off lightly. Kind of lucky, though, yeah. It was one of those non-contact, push-off sort of injuries, and you expected it to be an Achilles, but... Ended up being a strained right calf. Yeah, it
0: looked like an Achilles. Yeah, Yeah. it really did.
1: The way way you actually noticed he looked back. Yeah, straight away, I
0: said Achilles. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: definitely a tendon sort of thing. Yeah. He'll only miss one or two months. He just can't take a trip. No,
0: it's, yeah, it's a shame.
1: Yeah. Now, what I did want to do just quickly before we round this up is kind of celebrate some of the surprises so far. Now, I've seen a few people that have done this kind of thing. I, I have some similar sort of ideas, but I've also got a couple of other sort of things I wanted to talk about. There have been a ton of surprises to start this season off. The play of some of the sides we didn't expect much from, the Cavs, the Magic, for example. Although,
0: as I say, every season they seem to start strong.
1: They do, This is very true. They'll probably tail off Oh, no, it's
0: such a weird thing.
1: And then you've got guys we weren't expecting much from, like Gordon Hayward, for example, who have had a really, really great season. Yeah, it was a bit of an
0: anyone's guess what happened with him, but he started super well.
1: Yeah. So I did want to just kind of run through five... Not so much just guys, there's also a team at the end, so four guys and a team that oh, I so played. You're
0: doing a Sports Centre Australia right, sure, yes,
1: exactly right. Yeah, so my top play, which is <laughs> the entirety of basketball history. Um, no, I did want to talk about a few of the guys that have, have really surprised me. So, the first one, Julius Randall, yeah, part of the very surprising New York Knicks who currently sit at five and five. It's very early days, but he's sitting at 22.6 points a game, 12 rebounds, more than seven assists as yeah, well, which is yeah. really unlike him.
0: Playing to win.
1: He's been so assertive on the offensive end. Like He's basically looking a lot like Zach Randolph.
0: Well, and people were saying that he was capable of this, and some people thought the Pelicans should have done more to hold on to him. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: no, he's he's looking really good. He's, he's using that bulk to get defenders back into the lane, and then he's pretty much just... Overpowering them from there and getting these little hook shots going. He's got a lot of moves inside. I
0: do like the Zach Randolph comparison. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it looks
1: exactly like him. Very limited in terms of the athletic ability, but he's smart. Got a, he's got a nice jump shot. He yep. uses his size.
0: Yeah, bulky as yeah.
1: And as I said, he's the the biggest reason that the Knicks are sitting five and five. Honorable mention on the Knicks though to Austin Rivers. I'm the first to say I've raged on him ever since he came into the oh, league. Oh, you sure have. I think he's battled poor shot selection, the pressure of being his dad's son, etc. For years. But being in New York might be the best thing for him. There's no expectations. All of a sudden, he's at nearly 12 points a game. He's never shot more than 44.2% from the field. He's currently over 55. He's 48% from three. It's amazing what having no pressure does to do. him. Mm. And, and I really, honestly, I hope that he he continues this for the rest of the season.
0: Nick's sneaky playoff chance?
1: In the East, definitely. Yeah, in the East, Absolutely, absolutely.
0: The the funny thing I heard was that they were celebrating. It was the latest point in the season that the Knicks had been above 500 in donkey's years. Yeah. They were four and three.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They got to five and four, though. That's
0: how bad the Knicks have been when they're celebrating that. But, hey, they're trending up. They got to five and four. They're trending up.
1: From one player doing well for a surprisingly good team in the East to a player doing really well in a really shit team in the East, unfortunately, Jeremy Grant. yes. In a similar vein, not quite as successful. The Pistons are now two and eight, but Grant is at 25 points a game. That has him ahead of Paul George, Trey Young, LeBron James, and Kawhi Leonard at the moment.
0: Yeah, wow. Well, yep.
1: He's also averaging six and a half rebounds a game. His sister a little bit low at less than two a game, but you know, baby steps. I loved him when he was with OKC. Me too. Was, and, oh, and, Denver, and Denver, yeah. I was yeah, really, yeah. really, really sad to see him go, but glad to see him being successful on a personal level. He's looking like he could be an all-star this year.
0: And some people kind of scoffed when he said he went to Detroit for the opportunity to be a more of a impactful player, but hey, it's happening. Well, Blake, so, Blake
1: Griffin's fallen off a cliff. Yeah, so, so
0: it's, yeah, good <laughs> it's on him. kind of
1: taken over. Now the third one, I'm eating a bit of humble pie here so far, LaMelo Ball. Ah, uh, yes. I'm definitely not going to complete any sort of judgment on LaMelo until he's been able to keep this up over an entire season. But seven straight double-figure scoring games in a row, punctuated by a 22-12-11 game.
0: Youngest player ever, to triple-double.
1: Breaking Markel Fultz's record. I will mention that only two of those seven have been better than 46% from the field. So shot selection still needs to improve a little bit. And Christ, his shot looks terrible. Oh, yeah. But he's rebounding. Yeah, but well, exactly. It's the ball curse, unfortunately. But look, he's rebounding the ball really well for a guard. His assist to turnover ratio is ahead of Damian Lillard and Ja Morant, equal with James Harden. So he's doing a better job of protecting the ball. James Borrego has a really tough decision to make. The Hornets are sitting around 500 Ball is playing better than Devontae Graham. He's currently shooting 27% from the field. Six of 34 from 14 feet and in. Wow. It's not great. It's terrible. Do they move Terry Razier to the two and pop Ball in at the point?
0: Why not? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they should be trying to compete for playoffs. So yeah, why not? Yeah. You've got to play to win. But look,
1: as, as I said at the start, I hope I'm, I was wrong about LaMelo. I would, you know, I think it's great for the league if someone who has had such a, a big storyline coming in is successful.
0: It's hard to live up to the hype. Yeah. So, you know, good on him. And we watched that game against the Pelicans, the first time that two players drafted in the top three who were brothers played off against, against one another. Other, yeah. yeah, so that was a good game it, too. It was. And Haywood played very well, you mentioned he, before. He did. He Lovely did. bounce pass at one stage, yes. Yeah.
1: Now, Malcolm Brogdon. yes. God, Milwaukee would be kicking
0: themselves. Yes, I always say it,
1: Bro, just quietly, he's putting up 23-7 and seven a game across nine games, shooting a little bit under 50 from the field, nearly 48% from three. He's had a 50-40-90 before, a couple, of, a couple of seasons Yeah, ago. yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's a very, very good shooter. He just looks like a guy who's taken that huge step in his fifth season. And I tell you what, Indiana looks super dangerous right now. Their starting five of Brogdon, Oladipo, TJ Warren, Sabonis and Turner on paper might be the best starting five in the league.
0: Well, Turner's playing better than he has since he signed that contract. Yep. Oladipo is playing to win. He's got something to prove this season. And Sabonis is a beast.
1: Well, I actually heard a very, very interesting comment that Oladipo might be the third best player on their team now.
0: Well, maybe. Maybe. Maybe and,
1: and T.J. Warren, who dominated. Yeah, the bubble, yeah,
0: he was great to watch. Is
1: the fourth best player on their team. Yeah, like,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Excitement. Yeah, like they—they're not a championship team, but they could get that fourth seed, for example. They,
1: they could be a very sneaky threat in the yeah, East. Yeah, like they're very versatile, and yeah, Brogdon is absolutely going to make them tick. And then rounding it out with a team—fucking hell, Oklahoma City. <laughs> Oh, I said it last week and I'll say it again. Stop winning. We can't even tank properly. Like, (laughs) you think we've traded all our good players away. Let's rebuild around Shea Gildas-Alexander. And then nine games into the season, we're five and four. We just knocked off a Brooklyn Nets side that admittedly didn't have Spencer Dinwiddie or Kyrie Irving because of personal reasons. They've been
0: all over the place, yeah.
1: But Kevin Durant played. So it's just, it makes no sense. We're shooting the ball better than I expected. We're being unselfish. We're getting contributions from the likes of Mike Muscala, Hamadou Diallo, Darius Baisley, Isaiah Roby. We've got six guys averaging double figures. Lou Dort was shooting forty six percent from three up I like until the him. last yeah, game. Yeah, but, yeah, great defender. Um, dropped a little bit, but he's, he's yeah. shooting well. It's just it's hard to watch because I want them to be bad, but yeah. I'm so happy that they're playing well. Yep. Until Cade Cunningham goes to Minnesota and becomes the second coming of LeBron James, and we snag the fourteenth <laughs> pick. Like, <laughs> Seriously, Ugh. the most frustrating team to be a fan of. And Alexi Pokersevsky has been nothing but gross so far. 19% from the field, 10% from three. Wow. Not a single free throw and nearly two turnovers a game. Ouch. Just doesn't look great. But yeah. You just never know. But look, the season is a marathon, not a sprint. Yes, indeed. You cannot win a championship in the first 10 games. No. So... These are some players to watch as the season unfolds and hopefully it does unfold and we'll kind of see where we are in the coming weeks.
0: Indeed, indeed. I feel I've got to mention it because he's Aussie. Aussie Joe Ingalls' consecutive game streak of 384 ended the other day due to an Achilles injury.
1: AC Green just laughed somewhere.
0: Yeah, but I mean, that's that's impressive. 384 oh, is a lot that's of That's ga-
1: cute, Joe. Yeah, well, okay, <laughs> AC's
0: record is phenomenal. <laughs> 65 billion and Yeah, 12, it's, it's but, phenomenal. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Alright, Stewie, you know what that music means. What are you out for?
1: Well, I think it's going to be a fair bit about the cricket this week. Fourth test heading up to Brisbane between Australia and India. A lot of animosity in that series. Oh, yeah. Should be a cracker, everything to play for. All the marbles. We've also got the Scorchers and the Hurricanes playing tomorrow in the Big Bash, the Sydney Derby on Wednesday, just to name a few. Heading into finals. And we've got hopefully the start of the NBL season, however, that ends up going ahead. So lots to look forward to. How about yourself, mate?
0: Yeah, definitely the NBL. I'll be watching whatever I can, be it Wildcats or not. By the way, tip of the hat to Jesse Wagstaff, new captain. But also, of course, the NFL playoffs, a slate of great games, as I mentioned. Until next time, I I'm Nathan.
1: And I'm Stu.
0: We are the Sport Blokes.